This morning, I, uh, I, I, I revisited the message uh, that I was going to preach on the Sunday that I actually went into surgery. And I was thinking about it, and uh, it's just, it's, it's one of those messages that, um, you know, the timeliness of it is, is just fantastic when we look at our, uh, what our, what our Lord has done for us. And I want to talk about when we're overwhelmed this morning, when we're overwhelmed. And, and being overwhelmed can be a, a, a very frightening thing at times. Uh, being overwhelmed has a lot of connotations behind it that, um, this world, um, they try to, they try to figure out ways to, to, to not be overwhelmed. But what we find is that, uh, being overwhelmed is a human thing. It's, uh, it's something that happens to believers. It's not something that only happens to the lost. And I want to take a look at that this morning, um, in, in, in scripture. We're going to stick uh, to the book of Psalms primarily this, uh, uh, this morning because it, it's very profound what God t- tells us in the book of Psalms about being overwhelmed. Before we get started though, let's go ahead and open up with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you again for this time. I thank you again for an opportunity, Lord, to be here among believers. I thank you again, Lord, for an opportunity to get into your word, to look, to, to search, to study. Uh, Lord, to be encouraged and to be edified by what you have for us. I thank you again so much, Lord, for all that you've done for us and above all the gift of salvation that we have through you that only comes because of your shed blood and what you endured on the cross for us and the resurrection and the power thereof. And Lord, I pray that this morning we just realize that, that there's power in your blood, there's power in your resurrection, there's power in your word, there's power in your spirit. And Lord, when the things of this life and the things and cares uh, are or going to overwhelm us, that Lord, we have a clear plan of action of what to do. I thank you again, Lord, for all that you've given to us. And I pray that this today would be pleasing and honoring unto you in all that we say and do. And I ask this and pray it in your son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. But let's go ahead and turn in our Bibles to the book of Psalms, Psalm chapter 102. Psalm chapter 102. <clears throat> and um in Psalm chapter 102 uh we we find here um there is uh, um a a a situation that he's going through a situation that is uh uh very dire if you will uh with what is uh, going on in verse 1 it says hear my prayer o lord and let my cry come unto thee Hide not my face from thee in the day when I am in trouble, incline thine ear unto me in the day when I call, uh, when I call, answer me speedily. For my days are consumed like smoke and my bones are burned as a hearth. My heart is smitten and withered like grass so that they forget, so that I forget to eat my bread. By reason of the voice of my groaning, my bones cleave to my skin. I'm like a pelican of the wilderness. I'm like an owl of the desert. I watch and I'm uh, as, and am as a sparrow alone on the housetop. My enemies reproach me all the day, and they that are mad against me are sworn against me. And as we go through this and we begin to see here all of the things that he talks about, about how he's going through these difficult times, we find that the, the Lord is communicating to us some of the, the, the heartfelt, 
if you will, emotions and thoughts of the psalmist here. He's going through some difficult problems, some difficult times, some some real challenges, if you will, of, of what's happening in his life. And these are things that we're going to run into in, the, in a day-to-day basis. We're going to run into these challenges. We're going to run into tribulations. We're going to run into trials. We're going to run into afflictions. We're going to have days where he just... At some point in time, we're probably going to lift up our voice and cry, uh, when is it going to stop? When is it going to end? There may be times and seasons in our life where it seems like we're Job and it's just one thing after another. And we find that this is a, a normal thing, if you will, in the day-to-day life of a Christian. Just because we've trusted Christ as our Savior does not mean that we're going to be without trials. It does not mean that we're going to, to be without troubles. It doesn't mean that, that people aren't going to try to go against us and people are going to try to uh, do things contrary to what we're trying to do for the Lord. And it doesn't mean that we're going to have just this, this life of ease. And we find you very clearly here, here is a believer, here is somebody that is crying out and is begging God to hear them. And I want us to kind of understand here that this psalmist is going through some difficulties that are probably no different than the difficulties that we go through. I understand it being messianic in nature, and I understand some of the things that are being listed here, but these are things that somebody has actually experienced and gone through. I want us to turn over to Psalm chapter 55. Psalm chapter 55, and I want to establish here some things about, if you will, uh, some precedence of believers going through difficulties. In Psalm chapter 55, we, we, we see here that the psalmist in verse 4 says, My heart is sore pained within me. The terrors of death are fallen upon me. Fearfulness and trembling are come upon me. And horror hath overwhelmed me. Horror hath overwhelmed me. What we begin to find here in Psalm 55 is we find that the psalmist is now talking about some, some, if you will, some real true thoughts that are come upon him. Many times when we look at things in our life, we will see some horror behind some stuff. You know, there, there, there's that, the, the, that whole, uh, if you will, entertainment industry that is built upon horror and things of that nature. And those are things that, that you know, Christians should steer clear of because they, they're often very satanic and devilish in nature. And, that we, you know, Christian has no business with, uh, messing with that stuff. But I'll tell you this, there are enough horrors in this life. We don't need to be entertained by it. I don't need to sit there and watch some sort of weird, creepy movie uh, to, to, to understand what the horrors are. Just turn on the news. <laughs> There's enough horror there in its life. Uh, you, you want real, true horror? Go read the comments after an article, you know, on, on the Internet. There's horror there. You find what people say and what people do and things of that nature. But the end result that we find is that this... The psalmist has seen some of these things. He's seen all of the things of the enemy that have come and, and oppressed him that he talks about in verse 3. All of these things uh, that, that people in wrath that are hating him. And we, again, understand that, that you know we're going to be hated for Christ's sake. 
But there is very clearly some horror that takes upon us when we begin to see the problems and the and the difficulties in our life when 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 Satan starts throwing stumbling blocks and blockades and and pits and snares in our path and and and, and things where we're, we're troubled in our hearts and we're troubled in our minds. And this is here very clearly what we see when it comes to this situation about being overwhelmed. And I dare say it gets to a point of where, you know, in this life, there just seems to be more and more things to overwhelm a person. It just doesn't seem to stop. Well, here we've got a believer many, many years ago saying the same thing. that Here he is now being overwhelmed with horror. Turn over to chapter 77 of the book of Psalms. Psalms chapter 77. Psalm chapter 77, and in verse 3 here, here he is talking about, well, to go back to verse 1, he says, I cried unto my God with my voice, even unto my God with my voice, and he gave ear unto me. In Psalm 77, verse 2, he says, In the day of my trouble I sought the Lord. My sore ran in the night and ceased not. My soul refused to be comforted. Verse 3, I remembered God and I was troubled. I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. Now, I will definitely say this. In this life, there are things that we can find to complain about. There's tons of things that we can complain about. We can complain all day long about our situation. We can complain all day long about the things that are happening to us. We can complain all day long about various different things. And we can sit there and we can say, well, I've got this and i got that. And we've got all these cares that are upon us. But I, the thing that I see here is we find that, again, a psalmist is now overwhelmed again. Overwhelmed. I remember as I was studying through this and I was reading through these things and, and it became very evident and very clear that uh, being overwhelmed is something that really truly does happen to those that are saved, to those that are trusting Christ as their Savior. It is something that can and will probably happen in our life. And I just remember sitting there thinking about all of that and as I was preparing for it. And then Thursday rolls around and I'm in the ER and Friday rolls around and now I'm getting scheduled for surgery. And Sunday rolls around and I'm in surgery and I'm just sitting there thinking, well, isn't this fitting about being overwhelmed? Isn't this fitting? And all the things and all the stuff that has to be handled and all the stuff that, and, and praise the Lord, you know, people and believers and my family uh, stepped up and said, well, we'll handle this. I'll stand in the gap. I'll do this. I'll do this. And things were taken care of and praise the Lord for it. And there still are. And I thank you for all the people that that have encouraged me and, and called and, and, and left messages or sent me a text message or brought me bread or brought me coffee or just to stop by and, and stayed with me and talked with me or whatever it was, all of these things I'm so thankful for. Because I can see how easy it is to be overwhelmed. The cares of the life. Well, what about this? And what about that? And what about all of this? And how am I going to handle this? And, and pretty soon we get to the point of where we start complaining and we realize we're overwhelmed. We're overwhelmed. You know, many times people try to complain and they try to, if you will, quote unquote, vent in an effort to offload some of those issues. But you know what? Venting doesn't really do anything. 
Venting usually just makes a mess. Can you imagine there you are as a volcano with all those cares and troubles all pent up within you? Well, what happens when you vent? Well, it's usually not good. When a volcano vents, it usually exits out very hot gas and lava and everything else that shouldn't, uh, uh, that's usually not conducive to, to a, a, a very nice environment. But we, we, we complain and we realize that we are overwhelmed in our life. We are overwhelmed. Just like this psalmist. Let's take a look at another passage. Let's go over to Psalm chapter 142 now. Psalm chapter 142. Psalm chapter 142. Again, in similar fashion, in verse 1, he says, I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and my voice, uh, with my voice unto the Lord did I make supplication. In verse 2 of Psalm 142, I poured out my complaint before him, I showed before him my trouble. I will say this, if you're going to complain, Complaining to God, we see, is something that is done frequently in Scripture. Now, we have to be careful about how we complain. We don't want to be like the nation of Israel, which complained and got in trouble for it. We want to get, you know, complain and we want to bring something that, that, to, to light. Obviously, there's something that we're going to do. We're going to do, bring it to the Lord. We're going to bring it to the Lord. And it says in verse 3, When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knewest my path, and the way wherein I walk, they have privily laid a snare for me. In verse 3 here again, we see the psalmist declaring again, he's overwhelmed. He's overwhelmed. And what happens? Spirit was overwhelmed within him. The spirit was overwhelmed within him. Why? Because he's got some things obviously on his mind. He's got some troubles that he's dealing with, and he's he's showing it to God. He's revealing it to him and saying, hey, there's a lot of problems. There's a lot of issues. There's some some stuff going on in my life. Lord, can can you help me? There he is overwhelmed again. I'll turn over to the next chapter in Psalm 143. Psalm 143, and this by no means is an exhaustive study of all the times that people were overwhelmed in scripture but in verse uh <clears throat> in verse uh, 1 again of psalm 143 hear my prayer o lord give ear to my supplication in thy faithfulness answer me and in thy righteousness and enter not into judgment with thy servant for uh, in thy sight shall no uh, man living be justified for the enemy hath persecuted my soul, has spent my life down to the ground. He maketh me to dwell in darkness as those that have been long dead. For Therefore is my spirit overwhelmed within me, my heart within me is desolate. You know, when we think about being overwhelmed, we think about what the psalmist is talking about, and here we are with several passages into this uh, talking about uh, being overwhelmed with troubles, overwhelmed with complaints, overwhelmed with problems, overwhelmed with issues, overwhelmed with cares, we begin to see that there's, if you will, an understanding of what the, the, what being overwhelmed is. Kind of a definition of it. Uh, again, going back to a dictionary, it says uh, that uh, being overwhelmed is to immerse, to be immersed with cares and concerns. You know what? 
I look at this and I see this person being overwhelmed and the first thing that comes to my mind is this person is anxiety ridden. This person has an anxiety issue. And it keeps coming back. You know, we live in a day and age where we try to get rid of anxiety. Anxiety is not something that you're to get rid of. Anxiety is something that you are to use to please the Lord. Something you use to draw nearer to Him. Because when the anxiety comes, is the time for you to do what God has told you to do and do what is right. You try to dispel it, you try to get rid of it, and it's gonna, it's just, it's gonna come back. It's going to come back, it's going to come back, and it's going to come back. I mean, here we are uh, now looking at uh, you know several situations where the psalmist is going through these troubles and these trials. And I tell you, this is not just, a, this is not, this is the tip of the iceberg of how many times the psalmist declares he's in trouble. And there's trials. But obviously when he's overwhelmed, we've, we're, we're talking about what the world calls today anxiety. they got so many things on their mind. I got so many things that, 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 as he says here in this passage, he says, my heart within me was desolate. I mean, we're talking about a, a physical feeling at this point, a physical repercussion of all of these troubles. Feeling like your heart is completely empty, heartbroken, isolated, alone. People that, that that are there uh, dealing with anxiety, one of the first things that they wind up saying about, uh, if you will, describing the the thought processes that go on with anxiety, they will often describe that they have the thoughts that they are alone, that no one is there for them, and that increases the anxiety. But what we find here in this passage is we find that it's very clearly that it's fitting to say that he was immersed with cares and concerns, troubles and trials. It's also defined, interestingly enough, uh, definition, it says to be crushed beneath something violent or weighty. And that's often what happens when we start talking about anxiety. People will start talking about it as if they have a giant weight upon them, pushing them down further and further and further. It feels like they can't move. They can't move their limbs. They can't move their legs. It just feels like a crushing blow uh, upon them. And it just feels like they're, in some cases, being described in case studies that they're violently being beat down even though no one is laying a hand upon them. Those are descriptions of people that have anxiety. Those are real-world descriptions from psychology case studies that talk about how they feel and how they think. The physical feelings and the the manifestation of the thoughts in their minds. And it's very fitting for this to be defined that way when we talk about being overwhelmed. You look at the history of the word being uh, uh, overwhelmed, it's not... A pleasant situation. It talks about being turned upside down. It talks about being knocked over. It means to be overthrown. All of the etymology of the word behind it is is clearly violent in nature. And it's very, uh, uh, very ruinous, if you will. And that's specifically part of where these, this word comes from. 
The older words and the etymology of the word overwhelmed actually has to deal with to bring to ruin. A few, a few uh, uh, um, Sundays ago, we talked about how to ruin your life. And we saw how somebody goes about ruining their life. When they exclude God from everything, they choose not to, to follow him, they choose to ignore him, and they choose to set up everything else other than God in their life. But what we often find with, with this being overwhelmed is there is this sensation, if you will, and this mindset that it is completely encompassing you as if you were drowning. If you've ever experienced anxiety of a nature where it's severe like that, you understand exactly what I'm talking about. It just seems like you just can't get out of it. It seems like no matter what you do, you cannot seem to get your head above water. It just seems that no matter what you do, it's just for every moment that you try to, if you will, get above the water, get above the life, get above the problems, get above the trials, get above all of it, it just seems like something just pulls you right back down. I I, I don't swim. Uh, I, I am uh, uh, an individual that does not... Um, uh, have the ability to float. And everybody says, oh, everybody can float. No, not everybody can float. <clears throat> and you're like, well, you got a lot of buoyancy. Well, yeah, I get that. <clears throat> but apparently, I guess my, my bones are made out of concrete or something. Because <clears throat> uh, I sink down to the bottom. And it, it is apparently some sort of Stuart trait. My brother's the same way. My brother, my brother learned to swim. But it's hard for him to swim because as he tries to swim, that bone density just, you know, drags him further and further down. And I get, I get into a, a, you know, a pool and I'll sit there and people are like, well, just relax and float. And I'll, I'll try to relax and float and I start sinking and they're like, no, float. And I'm like, I'm trying to float. Can't just command me to float. <clears throat> yeah, I just go straight down to the bottom. So it's, it's better to learn for me to hold my breath or get scuba gear, I guess. <clears throat> but I'll tell you this, you go down under that water and then you're sitting there thinking, okay, how am I going to get out of this? There's a lot of thoughts that come through your mind. And they're overwhelming. And in this day and age, we live in a world that is overwhelmed with cares. Overwhelmed with concerns. Overwhelmed with troubles. Overwhelmed with problems. Overwhelmed with stress. Um, there's a, <clears throat> a little sermon illustration I heard one time. This, uh, this, uh, uh, pastor goes into a, a, a thrift store and he's looking around and browsing as his wife is looking at stuff and he comes across this, uh, um, this cake topper for a wedding. Uh, bride and groom. And, uh, it's, uh, he looks at it and he looks at the tag and it says damaged. And he's like, well, what is this all about? And he flips the tag over and, and he looks at it and it tells what the damage is and it says, husband is coming unglued. <laughs> and I tell you, you know, th- th- that's what's happening in this life, in this day and age. You got a lot of people coming unglued. You got a lot of people going through a lot of stress and a lot of problems and they're coming unglued. 
People are throwing up their hands, just like this, this psalmist, and saying, I don't know what to do, Lord. What's going on? I can't take it anymore. And while everything may seem hopeless and lost, just by the description of that, I want us to understand that within each of those passages, we find hope in Christ. We find hope in the Lord. I want us to go back to Psalm chapter 55 now. Let's let's go back to where we were just in these passages and go back to Psalm 55. And I want us to notice something. In verse 5, obviously we see the description there uh, um, of where the horror has overwhelmed him and he makes these pleas and all of these things go on. But I want us to look down at verse 16 and here's what he says. He says, as for me, I will call upon God and the Lord shall save me. Evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. So right there in Psalm 55, verse 16 and 17, he gives the solution to the problem for being overwhelmed. And if you notice with each one of these passages that we were reading, it starts out with the the, the, the psalmist saying, Hear my cry. I cried unto the Lord. All of these things. And here the psalmist begins to to give an illustration about what to do. And I will tell you this, the very first thing that you need to do when you have that sensation or that thought process of you are overwhelmed, the first thing you do is you stop and you begin to pray. You cry unto the Lord and say, Lord, I've got a little bit of a complaint. I've got a trouble. Lord, I need your help. Now, obviously, at some point in time, somebody's going to say, well, if you're overwhelmed, you've obviously haven't been praying. Well, I'll tell you this, this psalmist, I'm pretty sure, was consistently praying. And he still got overwhelmed. He still got overwhelmed. So let's not kid ourselves. Let's not think, sit there and think, oh, because I'm in prayer every single day that I'm not going to have, I'm not going to have a, a thought process that's going to come into my mind that is going to be something where I'm going to be overwhelmed or I start having anxiety. No, use it, use it the right way. You know what anxiety is meant to do in your life? Anxiety is that sensation that when you get it, you, you stop. And you go, Lord, what I'm about to do is pretty important, or what I'm concerning myself with is pretty important. Lord, I need you in this. That's what anxiety is. Anxiety should be a trigger not to freak out and come unglued. Anxiety should be the trigger of, Lord, I need you and I need you now. Lord, I need you more. Lord, I need you guiding and directing me in every area of my life. So what we find here is that we find the very first thing that we can do when it comes to anxiety is we begin to pray. It says, as for me, in verse 16, I will call upon uh, God. And you know what? One of the other things that we see here is we see an immense amount of trust. Because what does he say? He says, and the Lord shall save me. And the Lord shall save me. There's trust that is there because he knows that the Lord is going to deliver him from whatever is the issue, whatever is the problem. I'll tell you this, I I know exactly what he's talking about. 
you know, there I am in, in the emergency room and, 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 uh, my, my family had gone home and I was resting and in comes the surgeon and he starts talking about cancer and chemotherapy and he starts talking to all those words that scare the living tar out of people. And I'm looking at him like, I, 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 I told him, I, I, I said, dude, you're, you're saying some pretty, pretty big scary words there. And as soon as he walked out of there, I was like, you know what? All that anxiety, all that sensation of being overwhelmed, all those thoughts just start cascading over me. And the one thought that I had is, what am I worried for? I'm just going to trust God. I'm just going to trust Him. What happens is what happens. I have a lot to be thankful for. I have a lot to be content about. And there was just great peace. There's great peace and joy. <laughs> Knowing that it is my Savior. And I'll tell you, it, it, it got to the point of where I, I, I knew the Lord shall save me. He's already saved my soul. I have eternal home in heaven with him. I don't have to worry about any of that. But the thing I do is just pray. I just remember throughout that whole whole thing in the hospital, there's not much to do in a hospital. Um, And you're tired and you're too tired and you can barely keep your eyes open. And I just remember just, just laying back and just pray. Just just talk to my Lord. And I'll tell you, that's one of the greatest things that we can do. Anxiety comes, you're overwhelmed. Pray. Pray. Knowing that God will take care of it. It may not be the way you want it taken care of. I mean, honestly, I wasn't sitting there, you know, going, oh, joy, I get cancer. Thankfully, thank God it isn't. And that again is because of prayers of saints and the power of my God. But that being said, there was just that absolute trust in who he is because I knew he would hear my voice and I knew what he would do. And I knew what he had already done for me. Take a look at over Psalms chapter 60, uh, Psalms 70, um, uh, 77. Psalm chapter 77. <clears throat> in Psalm chapter 77, and as we saw in verse, uh, 3, that obviously his spirit again here is overwhelmed. But in verse 10, this is what the psalmist says in regards to how he deals with his thoughts of overwhelming. And he said, this is my infirmity. Or excuse me, and I said, this is my infirmity, but I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember the wonders of old. I will meditate also of all thy work, of all thy doings. Thy way, O God, is in the, is in the sanctuary. Who is so great a God as our God? I want us to think about that for a minute. You know what the, the, the problem is? Is often when we're overwhelmed, it's because our thought processes 
are focusing on something, let's change what we're thinking about. Let's change what we're thinking about. Here he is, the psalmist begins to say, I will remember the works of the Lord. I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. He says, yeah, okay, this is my infirmity. This is my problem. This is, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to remember what God has done. I'm going to remember what God has done. If you're here today and you've trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can give a good hearty amen. Amen? God has already done a great work in you. He saved your soul from death and from hell. From the punishment of your sins. From the condemnation that you brought about of, uh, on your own accord, on my own accord, that I, that I had done myself. And guess what? Lord saved me. That's a great work. I can begin to remember that. I can remember that he's, he, he's planned this from the very beginning. I can remember all of the works that he's done in my life. I can, you know, just sit down and think about all of the wonders that I've seen in my life that the Lord has done. I can sit down and I can sit there and th- meditate and, 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 if you will, start talking about what God is already doing in my life and what God has done. Take a look at that there in verse 12, where he says, I will meditate also of all thy work and talk of, uh, talk of thy doings. Here, here's one sure way to start getting rid of anxiety. Start talking about what God is doing in your life. That puts things in perspective. You, that overwhelming thought, start talking about it. You know what that means? That means we have to break out of our introversion, walk up to somebody and say, hey, can I just tell you about how great God is and what he's doing for me? We're like, well, that brings anxiety in its own right. Well, it's going to contradict it. You know, it's gonna, something's going to win out on this. Do we not think that, that, that what the Lord's going to do is going to be far greater than any overwhelming thought, overwhelming anxiety that we may have in our life? Is not God better than all of that? Does he not say, who is so great a God as our God? What, he can't do that for you? We don't think he can do it because we don't allow him to do it. We limit God by saying, no, I don't want you to do that in my life. But what we find here is we find that there's going to be a full surrender. There's going to be a submission to him. Take a look over at Psalm chapter 142. Psalm 142. In Psalm chapter 142, we find again that there was the cry in verse 1 and in verse 2 where he's not complaining to, to man. They can't do anything for him. He's He's going straight to to who can provide salvation, who can give deliverance. And that's God. But take a look at this in verse 5. He says, I cried unto thee, O Lord, and I said, Thou art my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. The next thing that we see that you can do when you're overwhelmed is you can begin to realize that God is your portion. And you need to be content with that. If all you had in this life right now was God, would that be enough? If all you had right now was your salvation, 
Would that be enough? And I will dare say, it will. It is. It is more than enough. It is more than I deserve. It is more riches than than any billionaire Bezos, Gates, or whoever else is up there now. I don't I don't keep track of those people, but whoever it is that is the richest man in the world, the richest person in the world, richest corporation in the world, richest country in the world. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. God is my portion in this life. God is sufficient for it. God's enough. And when I'm going through all those troubles and all those problems and, and maybe there's situations where it seems like I don't have enough to, 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 to get through the situation or get through the problem or get through the trial, I do need to remember this, that He's my refuge and He is my sufficiency. He's all I need. He is all I need. There's that great hymn, All I Need. All I need. And it's found in Jesus Christ. We remember that. The contentment. Let's go back over there to Psalm 143, the next chapter over. And we saw very clearly in verse 3 that it, that, uh, uh, <clears throat> again, some of the things that are going on and, and in verse 4, um, where he's talking about, uh, being overwhelmed again and the heart being desolate. But I want you to see here in verse 5 what he does immediately after that, realizing those things. He says, I remember the days of old. I would meditate on all thy works. I muse on the works of thy hands. Again, he's thinking about who God is and what God's done. But I want you to see what else he does here in verse 6. He says, I stretch forth my hand unto thee. My soul thirsteth after thee as a thirsty land. He begins to realize that he's, if you will, spiritually dehydrated. He begins to realize the need for the water that comes from God, that living water, that fountain, that fountain of life, that water that is often referred to as the Word of God itself, too. And here he is. What is he doing? He's thirsting after it. And I want you to notice the one thing he does is he stretches forth his hand. He's actually doing it. There's a physical action here. He's reaching out in, in, in such a way that he's reaching out for God. When it comes to the overwhelming thoughts in our lives, uh, uh, the, the one key thing is, is don't shirk away from God. Don't sit there and try to say, well, I, I, you know, I, 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 I don't need God at this point in time or, or think he can't do anything. No, stretch out your hand, reach out to him as he will grab a hold of yours, draw nigh unto him, and he will draw nigh unto you is the promise of scripture. Draw closer to God. Draw closer to God. And also, what do we find in verse 10? And this begins this difficult process, and this is many times what happens when we get overwhelmed. And I will tell you, it's one of the hardest things because it requires humility and humbleness of mind and humbleness of heart. In verse 10, it says, Teach me to do thy will, for thou art my God. Thy spirit is good. Lead me into the land of uprightness. You know what he begins to do? 
begins to realize, well, I don't know everything. You know, overwhelming thoughts usually is because we are not sure what happens next. We're not sure what happens next. We're not God. We can't divine the future. Can't change the future. Can't change the past. We can only react into what's at the present. And and here he says, all right, well, if this is the case, when I'm overwhelmed, the thing that I need to do is, is I need to learn from the Lord. And I need to learn what his will is. I need to know what the will of God is. I need to know what he wants for me to do. And I guarantee you, if you cry unto him, we begin to realize he's our sufficiency. We start going through and being content with what we've seen. We think about all the things he's already done. We're going to begin to have a humbleness of mind that says, teach me. Teach me. You know, it takes a humble person to say, teach me. Takes a humble person to say, "Teach me." I've I've had it with uh, employees before that I've uh, managed, where they've come to me and they've said, uh, and I begin to show them how to do it, and they're like, "Oh no, no, I got it. I know how to. I know how to do. It. I know how to do it." Really? Okay. <clears throat> well, I'll be in my office if you need me. A few minutes later, so I'm a little confused on this part. Oh. You want to be taught now? Isn't that the way we are with God? And here we are, we're sitting there and we're fretting and we're worrying and we got anxiety and we're overwhelmed and, and we just sit there and we go through all these things and we just sit there and go, oh, oh, and then God says, well, do you want me to teach you? And, and God is, you know, going to be brilliant at that because he's already done amazing things and his Holy Spirit is the greatest teacher that has ever existed. For all eternity, the Word of God is the best textbook. And he says, can I teach you? And we go like, yeah, no, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. I think I know what I'm doing. Next thing you know is the whole thing's on fire and exploding. And, you know, cats are running, screaming. And, you know, the dogs are barking. And, you know, it's just generally a small mushroom cloud behind you. And we go, Lord, I think I need help. We're overwhelmed. I'll tell you, when you get that thought of uh, being overwhelmed, it's the Lord trying to teach you something. It's the Lord trying to teach you something. Receive it. Receive it. I want you to turn to one final passage in this in Psalm chapter 61. In Psalm chapter 61, it, it, it clearly outlines what these things are when it comes to... Uh, um, <clears throat> being overwhelmed because again we've got a, another situation that happens here in Psalm chapter 61 and it will read the whole chapter because it's short but it says hear my cry O God attend unto my prayer there we are with prayer again from the end of the earth will I cry unto thee when my heart is overwhelmed notice that when the heart is overwhelmed the, the, what he does is he says he's going to cry and what does he say he's going to continue to cry unto God till the end of the earth. And he says right there, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. 
For thou hast been a shelter for me, a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in thy tabernacle forever. I will trust in the, the covert of thy wings, Selah. For thou, O God, hast heard my vows. Thou hast given me a heritage of those that fear thy name. That will prolong the king's life in his years as many generations. He shall abide before God forever. O prepare uh, mercy and truth which may preserve him. So will I sing praise unto thy name forever that I may daily perform my vows. Now, there's a lot packed right in this chapter. There's a lot. I mean, you could sit there and make sermons out of this one probably for at least 52 weeks. But I will guarantee you the one thing that I see when it comes to being overwhelmed is that a very key thing that he says right there after that semicolon, after the word overwhelmed, is lead me to the rock that is higher than I. You know what that is? He's looking to be led of God. You know what? In order to be led of God, you have to be humble. You can't, you can't follow as a disciple of Christ if you're full of yourself. You cannot be a, 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 a Christian doing God's will if your will comes before His. We can't be that. What do we have to be? We have to be willing Diligent students and sheep that are willing to be led. And look at where he's leading us. The rock that is higher than I. Some place that is far better than where we currently are. Some place that is lifted up in the name of Christ. He is our rock. Throughout, throughout scripture, he is called the rock. He is our foundation. And I will tell you this, we need to get back to that sometimes. The foundation of where we, where we started. Going back to that thought process of, I am saved, born again, child of God. Nothing can take me out of his hand. No man can pluck me out of his hand. Nothing's going to separate me from the love of God. I am in my Savior's care. From here until eternity. That's my foundation. That is the rock that is higher than I. And I will tell you this. One great thing that I see about that is it's talking about our Savior and how, if you will, better he is than what we can do. And that's the problem. We get so caught up with what we think we can do what we're going to do, and what we want to do, that we're not on that spiritual plane that is higher than our own will. God's will is perfect. God's will is righteousness. God's will is enduring. God's will is honoring unto Him. God's word brings, or God's will brings glory. Ours, it just adds to the problems. It adds to the problems. I'll tell you this. When it gets to a situation where we as Christians go through this life and we're overwhelmed, let's just take these passages. Let's begin to pray. Let's meditate and think on who God is and what He's done what He's already doing in our life and what He's already done in our life and the salvation that we have through Him. 
Let's be humbly submitted to Him, led and to be taught. That we as Christians would draw nigh unto our God. Believer, I tell you this, you're going to run into some major problems in this life. If you don't, we'll praise God for it. But you're going to run into some trials. And there's going to be days that you just seem overwhelmed. There's going to be days where you're just physically exhausted. You're mentally exhausted. You're spiritually exhausted. And you have nothing left to rely upon. And the troubles just seem to be coming more and more and more. And I know I'm painting a dark picture. But the picture of light is this. God is our high tower. God is our deliverer. God is our savior. Our God who is greater than our God and there is no one. And how great He is to sit there and think He will teach us how to get through it. He will teach us how to draw an eye to Him. And He will lead us to where we need to be in our Christian life. May we find that kind of peace when it comes to being overwhelmed. Let's stand for a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you again for this time. And Lord, I thank you again for a very simple message. One, Lord, that is very truly founded and clearly identified in your word as being the path that we need to choose. And Lord, may we be humble in all of our problems and all of our trials. Lord, may we diligently seek you and desire to please you, to do your will, Lord. And in order to do that, Lord, be willing to be taught of you to be led of you to where Christ is and to that righteousness and that path that we need in our lives. And Lord, that will comfort and that will calm and it will assuage those those, uh, thoughts and concerns of this life. And Lord, again, I just thank you for all that you've done for us. Thank you again for the blessings that we have through you. And thank you again, Lord, that you teach us with all these things that sometimes overwhelm us. And again, Lord, I thank you for all that you've done for us. And I pray, Lord, that you continue to work in our hearts as we praise you with song. And this I ask in your Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen.